My beloved in Jesus Christ, our Lord, we congratulate St. Jacqueline and her family. I say saint because that girl is the holiest one, short of our Lord and our Lady, in the room. She's pristine, utterly pristine. She's been created anew. Her old self is gone. The child that came in this morning is not the child that will leave today. Remember the reception of the Eucharist, the divine life will begin to flow in her. And it will be our responsibility to give her an example of what that life is to look like while we're on this side of the sod, how we're to live our life. What a great moment for us as a church. In the midst of all the chaoticness that's going on around us, at large and locally, to have this great gift, to know that the life of Christ continues. It's not been abated. The gates of hell will not prevail against it, no matter man's best efforts and our greatest doubts. So we congratulate her and the family and our parish. When I was a younger man, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I've shared this story moons ago. I woke up in the middle of the night with quite a start. I remember sitting up in my bed with the words of, of revelations in my mind, as if someone spoke them in my ear. If St. Michael the Archangel will blow his final trumpet, where do I stand? Heaven or hell? Right then and there. It was just plain as day. Where do I stand? I had been living my life in what I thought was a Christian manner, but God says, you need to have the rug pulled out from under you. You need to be rattled and see the truth and the reality of what you are facing and the actions you are living. Not that I was an evil guy, but I wasn't living the way that God has called me to live in the fullness of the sense. So that began to form my life. Here I thought I was on easy street. I was going to church and doing all those things, but that wasn't enough. It required something more. This last week, we started beginning the reading of the Gospel of Mark. We had been reading Matthew, and we'll read Matthew on the Sundays for a little while longer before we make our Luke and jump. But on Tuesday, in Mark's Gospel, we hear the call of the apostles for the first time. And we hear Jesus going along to the boat and finding Andrew and his brother Peter and saying, Come, follow me. They left their boat and their father's house, and the, the boat and their father, uh, and they left. And then he comes a little further and he finds uh, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder, James and John. And Jesus says, Come follow me. And they leave their father and the boats and the nets. And I'm sure that, that the father, the man of thunder, his voice could be heard when his boys were walking away while there's still work to be done. But they left. And so they began to follow Jesus. 
for a couple years, two and a half years maybe, and they were living on Easy Street. They were the in-group. They were witnesses firsthand to everything Jesus did, all the miracles He worked. He even gave them power to go out and cure and cast out demons in our Lord's name. It was a terrific life. Everyone was just in awe, and they were part of that group. But Jesus was going to teach them a lesson, that to be my followers is going to require something from you. And so we hear this first warning shot to them, if you will, this first pulling out of the rug from under them. In our gospel today, the second gospel, this young man, a good man, earnestly seeking eternal life. And he asked Jesus, what must I do? And Jesus says, are you keeping the commandments? I've done that since I was a boy. And he must have done it because Jesus didn't rebuke him like he did the Pharisees. Calling them whitewashed tombs and the sort. But then he says, he pulls the rug out from under him. He says, if you want to be perfect, go. Sell all your stuff. Give it to the poor and come follow me. Well, the cost was too great for this man. And he walked away because his possessions were many. This man had received a call to be an apostle. When Jesus called the apostles, he said to them, come follow me. When he said to this young man, go sell all that you have and give to the poor, then come back and follow me. But the price was too great for him. He didn't want to give it up, and he walked away. He wasn't willing to give up everything to acquire the pearl of great price. Well, this thoroughly rattled the apostles. Then who can be saved? Jesus says, with man it is impossible, with God all things are possible. Then we find, we miss it because the next verses tell us what happens next as part of this pericope. Peter asked Jesus, we have given up everything to follow you. What is in it for us? What's in it for me? And Jesus says, anyone who has given up father, mother, brother, sister, land, will inherit the kingdom of heaven, will inherit eternal life. Then Jesus, later on, will teach them that it requires even more than giving up father and motherland, those possessions, those things that you hold more dear to you than God. They will learn, because Jesus is trying to teach them to follow me takes everything, that on the cross, to follow me is going to require your life. It may even require your blood. And this really caused the apostles to waver and disperse. But they would overcome and be great heralds of the gospel. 
Imagine a wife telling her husband, I am going to love you, but only 90%. Or a husband telling his wife, I am going to be faithful to you, but only 95%. Boy, you wouldn't want to be in that relationship. Wouldn't you want to be in a relationship where I will love you and be faithful to you 100%? That's what God is saying to us. If you want this relationship to me, you have to be in it 100%. You have to be, for me, 100%. I need to be your preoccupation. And as you go out and live your life, I have to be the center of it. If you want eternal life, if you want true happiness and true peace, this is what it's going to require of you. You can't just live on easy street, call yourself a Christian, come into church, say your prayers, and go away and live your life as if church didn't matter once you're outside the walls. And now, particularly in our day and age, in the society we're living in, the way it's going, it's going to really require something of us. And we're going to have to choose. Am I going to profess my faith in Christ? Or am I going to walk away? Because if I, if I profess my faith in Christ, someone's going to attack me, somebody's going to insult me, somebody may even hit me, stone me, burn my house, whatever. Am I willing to pay the price? We each have our own things that we're hanging on to. For this young man, it was money. That was the thing that really gave him his identity, was that money. But maybe it's something else for each and every one of us. Good name, title, position, whatever. Anger. I like to have anger because I have control over things. I can control over people. I like to be in the know. I want to know what ha is happening everywhere. I want to be the one people come to to get information from. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe that's what's preoccupying you and not your trust in, in, in God and not your desire to spend more time in Him and building a relationship with Him. Certainly, one day, Revelation tells us, Michael will blow that trumpet. And he's going to pull the rug out from under us good and hard. And we're going to have a wake-up call. In fact, by that time, it'll be too late because our life has been gone the way we allowed it to go. So we have to begin to live our life with a firm resolve. Are we willing to sell everything to attain the pearl of great price? Are we willing to do that, to follow Him completely, not just 90%, not just 95%, but all the way? This will require us to hold our tongue. It will require us to curb our thoughts. It will require us, when I have a chance to shine and tell everybody everything that's going on, to be quiet. It is going to require humility on our part. But in our weakness, in that humility, as St. Paul says, that's where we're going to be strong. In our weaknesses, we're going to be strong. Because our rock is Christ. And if we have given up father and mother, brother and sister, and land for Christ's sake, then we will inherit eternal life. 
We need to ask ourselves this day and every day of our lives when we wake up and go to bed, Master, what must I endure to inherit everlasting life? And just keeping the commandments is not enough. If you want to be perfect, you're going to have to sell everything, whatever that everything is for you. Give it away and come follow Christ completely.